Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. All right, we're live with an instant reaction to the Patriots winning 17-14 to in Pittsburgh. Uh, it may not have been pretty, but the Patriots are on the board one and one, uh, and you know you love to see it by any means necessary. Just win, baby, as Al as Al Davis would say. Matt, how do you feel about the game today? I feel better um, than I than I did a week ago. Uh, I think this is about what we expected from the Patriots yeah. too. Um, if and I we're going to talk about this later. If what what else is going on in the AFC East is any indication, that game last week doesn't feel as bad as it did. And I think this right. is kind of the difference between Tua and Trubisky. When you're, when you're going against a quarterback at that level, because that pick Trubisky threw was just awful. And they baited him into it. I thought that mm-hmm. I thought this was this felt like last year's Patriots team. And I mean that as a compliment this time, not as an insult like I did last week. <laughs> because they forced turnovers, made a couple of big plays, and did enough to win. The defense won them the game and the offense cleaned it up at the end. Yeah. Yeah. And that's you know what? I, I think there's a lot of negatives and I think people are going to walk away from this game with a lot of negative feelings about what happened. Right. But I think, you know, more so than anything else for me and, you know, match Adam tweeted out and we, you know, you touched on it, but like you gave up 13 points to the, to the dolphins last week on defense and the dolphins went out and hung 42 on the Ravens. Right. So like now you're looking at the offense and they look at defense saying, okay, defense is pretty good. Right. And then offensively, you'd like to see more, but this Steelers team last week forced six, five or six turnovers on the Bengals last week. So, like, you know, they played really well. Now they lose their best player. So, obviously, that, you know, that's obviously going to change things, right? But, like, mm-hmm. nevertheless, I do think that what we've seen from this team over two weeks, there's been a lot of positives. There's been a lot of not good. There's been a lot of really not good stuff. Uh, and we're, we're going to get into some of that today, obviously. But, like, you know, but I think overall they've been they've been okay, you know? Yeah, and I'll take – I mean, it's – this felt like Big Ten football at points yeah. today. Yeah. Just, I mean, obviously Pittsburgh and Iowa have, like, the same uniforms. And I felt like I was just kind of – I was watching more of that Iowa game that ended at, like, 2 in the morning last night. Just felt like that was continuing <laughs> on. Yeah. Uh, which, I mean, at the end of the day, the AFC is good. I don't know if playing like this is going to get you into the playoffs. But right. the Steelers are probably going to be in contention for that seventh seed. They were a playoff team last year. They always have a winning record. So mm-hmm. getting that win and having that tiebreaker against them is huge. Obviously, you're going to get Miami later. If you split with Miami, that's you'll take that. It's not what you want, but that's not the end of the world. You can be a playoff team splitting with Miami. Beating right. Pittsburgh could be the difference between being number eight and number seven, or between being number seven and number six. At the end of the day, these wins matter. And 
it's after all the the talk about the defense this offseason. You lose JC Jackson. How are you going to do it? They forced turnovers today. Is that is that Mac yeah. Mac Wilson getting his hand on that ball? Sure was. Yeah. Actually playing, nice actually playing, you know, and then I think part of the issue now you get a little bit of injury bug, right? A little bit of injury bug. John Jones was out. Jack Jones, I thought, I thought filled in pretty well, right? Kyle Duggar was out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Juwan Bentley was out, although he came back, right? But guys were in and out and that was, that was, you know, not great, obviously, right? And you never want to see that. Uh, Duggar has been one of the best players on either side of the ball the first two games. So like to lose him good. was challenging, but they... They figured it out, and you know, uh, Peppers looked awesome out there, just flying around, hitting people, which was great. And that's what Duggars does. So, like to have someone like that that can do that as well, that's kind of that veteran as well with your Bo Peppers. I'm, thank God, thank God. Yeah, yeah, and I mean the defense held Pittsburgh to 4.2 yards per play. This is a yeah. Pittsburgh offense that was dreadful last week. They scored 16 total points as an offense through five quarters. They played most of that overtime, and similar stuff today. I think what we what we saw, I think what we said after the last game was, if the Patriots played like they did against Miami, but won the turnover battle, they probably would have won that game. And if they bring that performance into the Pittsburgh one, they'll definitely win. Well, right. that's exactly what we saw. The Patriots' offense was a tick better at moving the ball. Um, where they were cleaner with it. Only the one pick, thankfully, could have been two, but it was only the one, and that's what yeah. matters. You get a little mm-hmm. luck in your way. And you have Oshevsky over there muffing a punt. Defense forces some stuff. And all of a sudden, just a couple of plays are what – not even switch the game. It's what put them in position to make the plays, to win the yeah. game. And I thought the offense did a nice job closing it out. Obviously, Aguilar with that long touchdown. Myers moving the chains. Lots of guys making little plays. And uh, the offensive line, much, much, much better today. Oh, significantly better. And that that was one of the biggest questions coming into the game is how was the offensive line going to play? Mm-hmm. I thought they played extremely well. And there were moments, of course. You're going to have moments, right? Isaiah Wynn jumping. Isaiah Wynn having a holding call, right? And then jumping off sides. That false start knocked him out of field goal range. And, you know, and then uh, what's his name? Nick Folk kicks a 52-yard field goal. And I know it's only 52, but like you want, you want in – yeah, inside the 50, he's money. Outside of 50, he's meh, he's okay. Yeah. But you never know what's going to go in or not. And so, like, that five yards brings it from a 47-yarder to a 52-yarder. That's a huge difference, a huge difference. And so, you you know, you can't have mistakes like that. I thought I thought the officiating today was pretty pretty piss poor, if I'm not lying to you. I mean, like, yeah. some of the Second spots were, in were insane. <laughs> yeah, some of the spots were insane. The the David Andrews holding penalty. I'm like he pancaked the guy. He just he pancaked him. The guy fell down. Yeah. He pancaked him, and it was holding. Like what are you even talking about? That, it doesn't even make any that, sense. And that two point conversion when they really broke it down on the replay, I think he did actually catch that, and I was shocked. But that was also yeah. one where in live time it's like we're not we're not going to talk about this. We're not going to look at this. Yeah. I thought thought Strange. that was weird. You know, I also think part of that too is the broadcasting crew playing into that. They. It oh, never seemed to right enter away. their minds that that could have been an incompletion. Yeah. And side note, the other thing here is a holding called against, against gravity, gravity there. Yeah. Love it. They, um, I mean, part of it, Trubisky, he's not a good quarterback, but he was taken at the top of the draft. He has talent. Talent has never been the issue there. Right. He made some nice throws. Uh, and I thought pretty much every time Pittsburgh scored, it was because they made Trubisky beat them by making good throws. And well, he, the, did it, he, he did it on two drives. 
Yeah, I'll tell you what, though. Their their touchdown drive was sickening. It was sickening to watch because the Patriots went up 11, and then they then they came way off. They backed way off and, and allowed them to have easy catch after easy catch. They were picking up 10, 15 yards easily every time. Like, what are they doing? They're not yeah. – it's like they're playing the game like it's over. And yeah. then they had the ball twice at the 40-yard line, fourth and two and fourth and five, and they punted both times. And that was scary because I'm looking at that saying, like, this could that could lose you the game. And it thankfully didn't. But like yeah. those are things that you can't do. And I think I think part of it was that number one, Belichick doesn't trust the offense. And number two, Belichick didn't trust didn't trust the Steelers offense. And so, you know, you you like the matchup with your defense versus their offense, and you're not really sure about your offense. So you say, All right, screw it, we'll punt it and you know, we'll see what what, ha- what can happen when we get the ball back. And so um Thankfully, you were, you were able to stop them both of those times. But, like, that could have been disastrous for the Patriots. That could have been why they lost, and, and luckily it wasn't. Yeah. Oh, and I think a lot of that, too. Trubisky is not very good at making decisions. He can place balls, but he's not good at making decisions. And I think the thought process today was we're going to sit back in zone defense, and we know that you're going to want to make a play and you're going to want to try to do something, so you're going to force balls down the field that you shouldn't. And some right. of them might get through but not all of them and some of them are going to get picked so yeah that was them moving the ball down the field was really frustrating i would have liked to see the defense get that stop in the red zone i would have liked to see the defense stop that two-point conversion although i thought the two-point conversion in particular was a great um that, that was a great throw that's what was great frustrating coverage. is yeah it's great coverage, frustrating yeah. is when the, the offense moves the ball you pin pittsburgh deep and get the three and out get the ball midfield you can't pick up a first down. You right. can't score. And then the punt goes into the end zone, and you're you're losing nine yards of field position there from where Pittsburgh had started the last possession. So it was right. just that was that was where I was the most nervous about this game for New England. That's the late game execution you want. And that one was on Mac because 100%. they had a guy open. They had and it's the same thing that happened, I think, on his interception. We've seen it happen on and off where he's he thinks he knows what the defense is doing before the snap and he makes his decision and goes and sometimes and it's the wrong decision and you saw that a few times i mean that's one of those ones where it's like you should never throw that pass i mean never he's double covered he's double covered and so i'm just like you know even if you thought he was going to be open if you look he's clearly not open and oh by the way jacoby myers is by himself in the flat like you know give him the ball and then let Myers pick up the first It's an easy first down. And then he picks it up. So that, that was tough for me. Um, I thought he played maybe his worst game as a Patriot today. I know he had that bad game against, against the saints, but I almost feel like that was almost an aberration, right? The pick six was like off of John who's hands. John who basically handed it to the guy. Like there were some plays there that you like, okay, whatever. But this one was just kind of like, man, what are you doing? What are you looking at out there? Like that, that was alarming to me. I wouldn't go that far because I thought he made some good plays. I liked I liked the mobility he showed in the pocket. I thought he yeah. was less skittish than last week, which was huge. He was actually able to extend plays today. And uh, Mac's not really a guy you think about when you think about extending plays, but he had that, all right, I'm just going to sit and wait and wait and wait. I'm going to trust the line. I'm going to wait for somebody to come open. I'm going to keep my eyes down the field while also moving around the pocket. His bad plays were bad. He should have had two picks, but. Hey, they're on defense because they weren't good enough at catching to play receiver. Right. Yeah. Good point. You're going to get away with some of those sometimes. It's also, I mean, 
got to give credit to Minka Fitzpatrick. He's really good. He's yeah. he's in that tier of so good, it's inexcusable that you don't know where he is on the field. But at the same time, he's still going to make you not know where he is on the field to the best quarterbacks in the league. That's gonna happen some of that. And I thought that throw to Parker, I watched the replay a couple times. I thought it was actually on the money. I thought he led Parker away from the defender really well. If Minka's not there, that might be six. Right. But I mean Minka was there. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, but I think I think the 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 thing for me, and, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna rant a little bit because this is, you know, this is my ranting time. Um Devontae Parker, I'm done. I'm all set. I'm all set. Thank you. Thanks for coming out. See you later. Like I, just, I don't want to see him again. I really don't. Like he has done nothing, nothing for this team so far. Hey, Pat's Randy time. <laughs> uh, this is done. He has done nothing for this team so far. At, not one thing. And I just like. And he, now he's been picked off twice while targeting him. And yes, that one was that one was one hundred percent on Mac, not on Devontae. And the first one I thought was a little bit more on Devontae. But Kendrick Bourne still is not playing enough snaps. So get off of Devontae Parker and put in Kendrick Bourne. Nelson Aguilar, who, by the way, was Mac's first ever 100-yard receiver, okay, in a game, which was pretty impressive, right? He had, yep, first time first time he's ever had a 100-yard receiver in a game. I mean, obviously not since college, but in the NFL. Um, and then, you know, I just, to me, what are we doing here? The guy can't create any separation. He's never open. And he wins He wins 50-50 balls. But he kind of doesn't. You know, so like, so he doesn't, he's not giving you anything, right? And so to me, I'd like to see him and Bourne flip play, flip-flop, right? And I said this about Aguilar maybe earlier today. I was thinking about Aguilar. Aguilar played well today. And so like, he at least brings you speed. Aguilar does. Parker doesn't even bring you that. He doesn't. Right, Parker hasn't been physically dominant. He's a guy who dominates, you know, physically. He's not that guy anymore. Three years ago, maybe he's not that guy anymore. And, and so, like, I think the Patriots' offense needs to take a hard look at themselves and say, "Hey, look, I mean, you know, maybe this isn't the guy. Maybe Kendrick Bourne, who is Max' second favorite target and is always open and is always making big catches, maybe he should be the guy we're playing a lot more instead of instead of Devontae Parker." I just, I'm, I'm just, I'm all set. I'm all set. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm all set. And I think it's tough because the way he plays, you need him to have chemistry with the quarterback. That's how Parker's going to win is they're going to be on the same page. It feels like Aguilar points last season where he and Mac just couldn't get there. So maybe we see that later in the season. I'm not going to give up on him yet. I think he can think he can give you something. Um, But yeah, I think you got to, it's tough with a wide receiver rotation because I still also liked what they did with it today. I, I even for as little as Bourne played, I liked it. It felt like every couple snaps, especially early, they were rotating guys, They're getting fresh guys out there, showing different looks to the defense, right, and making them adjust a lot. That's the benefit of having four true NFL caliber wide receivers is you can shift it. I'd like. I mean, I think uh, Jacoby Myers is the best receiver on this team. That Absolutely. is. Yeah, he might be the best contested catch guy while we're talking about that with Parker. But I I like seeing the rotation. I think the other thing you have to talk about here, which had me shook for the first 15 minutes of this game, and I finally kind of realized what was going on, was a little Jordan Humphrey getting the start. My mind was boggled. And then I realized it's because they know they can't do the two tight end stuff, but Humphrey is big enough that 
he becomes your move tight end. Like you can just get him out there and you can get the looks you want that you wanted with the two tight end stuff. And he can block well enough. He, I mean, he only made one catch, but I thought they were actually pretty good with him on the field. And that dare I say, might've been a good decision from Matt Patricia who for the offensive, like the offense wasn't great today. I thought the play calling in a lot of positions was pretty good. But most of the reason the offense failed to perform was that, is that you got that turnover, a couple third downs where they didn't do great, and um, yeah. missing a field goal. That's kind of your difference with getting points on the board. But they had, they had that draw play that they called on like a third and six to Ramondre, really nice which was that was really smart. This is the Steelers defense that tends to be over aggressive. So getting yep. them to get on that, and Ramondre gets the first, and um, from what we were hearing about the sidelines, things seemed to be working pretty well with the coaches. We were rotating and everybody was getting equal time with each other. And Judge was able to talk to the quarterbacks. So, or, or you got Belichick talking to the quarterback. So Patricia can go talk to the line and he's bringing in the tight end coach and the assistant offensive line coach. So then they can communicate stuff and everything was working well for all the stuff we've heard in the past two weeks about how that was going. And you also, you look at how the team was in warmups. They're all excited. They're all doing handshakes. Yeah. This doesn't look like a locker room doesn't want to come out and play. No, it doesn't. And and that's that's kind of what I said all summer was that it, it looks like a team that really enjoys being with each other, which I think is a good thing, obviously, right? And I think that that's that's something that I I like seeing from them. And I and you know, and I think Bourne brings that energy, and that's one of those things that I love about Kendrick Bourne is that he brings that energy, and and Max seems to really like him and get along with him, and so don't the other guys. So uh, we'll see where that goes long term. Now the the offense got to be better than it was today, right? It was okay. It was okay. I thought the end of the game, you know, you talk. I really liked the way. I also really liked the way they had Mac and the shotgun a lot of the uh, most of the day. They, they ran one or two, one or two plays. I believe only one or two plays under center, and the rest of them were shotgun. And I loved it. At least I in loved the it. First half, at least. Yeah, I'm not sure how it was in the because they. I think yeah. they went under center a little bit more in the second half, especially when they wanted to run at the end of the game. There. Yeah, you're right. Uh, you're right. That is true. So, but I thought I, you know, you can run. From the shotgun, right? And they did so fairly effectively, right? And so um, so I was impressed with with their ability to do that. I liked seeing that. And I think it gives Mac, you know, um, an ability to, to see the defense a little bit faster and a little bit quicker, um, which is good. You know, but we'll, I mean, we'll see. We'll see, right? This is now the the Ravens who, you know, they, they scored 38 points, right? They lost, but they just scored 38 points. They're a good team. They're a fast team. Rashad Bateman is incredibly fast. Lamar Jackson obviously is incredibly fast. Everyone Duvernay is incredibly fast. You know, they have a ton of speed on that team. So, and it, it seems like J.K. Dobbins is going to be back next week. So, you know, they're going to be much more two-dimensional than they have been the first two games. So they're going to be a tough team. They're going to be a formidable opponent for the Patriots, and I think that that's going to be a challenge for them. First home game, of course. But, you know, I think that they're headed in the right direction. I think that, you know, you see kind of what Mac did today, and you're like, all right, certainly there are some plays that we wish we could have back. Certainly there are some reads that it's like, what are you doing? You're right. But ultimately, I think it was good enough to win, right? It was good enough to win. And like I said, the end of that game, when they get the ball with like five, they hit the ball with like five and a half minutes left to go in the game, up three. And the Steelers and they, had three timeouts. Yep. And they just ran it down their throat for five and a half minutes and and you know it was awesome and and it wasn't just Ramondre although he started the drive off really well then it's Damian Harris and it was just 
it was very, very impressive. And the offensive line got going. It was great. So I was uh, I was extremely impressed by the end of that game. And you know what game it reminded me of? The uh, the Chargers won from last year because mm-hmm. Adrian Phillips got that pick six at the end. Right. And all of a sudden you have the lead. Um, defense got another stop and the, the Patriots get the ball. And it was just, I don't I don't think they gave it up. They, they made plays. You had guys um, getting down in bounds too to keep the clock moving. Yeah. And it was just... They knew how to make those winning plays, which I mean, the offensive line was fantastic today in that regard. And there's a couple stats here that really stand out. It's Mac did not get sacked once. And the mm-hmm. uh, Patriots got three sacks. So yeah, three sacks for 16 yards on Pittsburgh, no sacks for the Patriots. And then just overall yards, too. Uh, these teams had just about the same number of plays, just about the same number of first downs. Patriots, 376 yards. Steelers, 243. Yeah. Yeah, just that's – and that's what – I mean, if you have 130-yard differential in yards, you're going to win most of your games. Right. Right. Yeah, as long as you're not turning the ball over a bunch, right, which they didn't. And that's, again, limit limit the mistakes, limit the turnovers, right, and you you take advantage, right? Now, Miles Bryant's awfully lucky. He's awfully lucky because he dropped that ball in the end zone and instead of falling on it, tried to pick it up and run it out of there – when he should have just fell on it, right? Yeah. That almost turned into a touchdown for Pittsburgh. Luckily, it didn't. And he had a we couple of nice returns later. He did. Yeah, he did. Yeah. We were lucky about Gunnar Olszewski, right? Gunnar drops the drops the muffs the punt, right? <laughs> Olszewski. <laughs> love it. Um, you know, he drops the punt. And uh, and Schooler, who wasn't even covered on that play, I which I have n- I've never seen anything like that before. They doubled Slater on the other side and put nobody on Schooler. Makes no sense to me. Yeah. Gave him and a I, free release, and he was down there and waiting for the ball, and Oshevsky drops it, and boom, he's turning on the spot. Yep, and I think that right there was the turning point because you come out of the half, oh, yeah. Patriots drive but miss a field goal. Steelers drive um, and, and get themselves a field goal. Right. All of now a sudden, it's, it's a one-possession game, and the Patriots can't move the ball and have to punt. That And that yeah. Steelers ended up scoring a touchdown on their next drive, too. So the fact that the Patriots were able to get that free red zone possession – and then to cash in on it with the touchdown was huge. Uh, another note on this, that's the first time we've seen the Patriots in any kind of a goal line formation this season. I was wondering yeah. what that was going to look like because only two tight ends on the roster, no fullback. And what it ended up being was Henry, Johnny Smith, and Lil Jordan Humphrey as your tight ends. We'll, we'll call Humphrey a tight end for this exercise. And then Ramondre and Damian split in the backfield. That was I, Which I loved. I think that yeah, that's, that's fun. It gives you so many different options, right? You run a play action fake or you run, you know, the, the backs cross in the backfield or something like it just, you know, like it gives you a bunch of different looks at it, right? You're comfortable running with both of those guys. You're comfortable throwing to all three of those guys, right? I think that that was really impressive. Although Hunter Henry had zero targets today. So that was surprising. And it's, um, who was it? Um, uh, was it Brian? put together that video early of John U. Smith and Hunter Henry from the yes. first game. Yeah. Uh, Brian Phillips. And it was just, I agreed with everything. I had watched the all 20 team came to the same conclusion. I thought John who outplayed Henry in game one. Um, I suspect that's going to be the case when I take a look at the film again today. I'm not yeah. sure what's going on with Henry. He just, he, he's Jason Witten. He does not have that speed. He just kind of settles and finds right. holes. 
Um, but I think which, that's, I mean, Jason Witten is a Hall of Fame tight end. Like, I think exactly. that, that's okay. Yeah, it's, it's a valuable skill set. But if you can't block, and I mean, the reality is right. all four of the receivers we've talked about for New England are better at catching a football than Hunter Henry is. I'd rather have any of them out there than him to catch passes right now, I think. When you, at least in a vacuum, when you don't think yeah. about what's going on with the. I mean, Henry was. Henry was really good last year. He was good he was. last year. Like that's so like I you know, I don't want to get away from Hunter Henry because he's not a good blocker. Like it, you know, that just seems silly to me. And now we're and now what we're doing is we're looking at it saying, Oh, well, you know, yeah, this guy doesn't do this well, so he's not on the field, and this guy doesn't do that well, so he's not and it's like now we're now we're going into, you know. Uh, what's it called? Um, now we're going into Kendrick Bourne territory where it's like, ah, yeah, we'll, we'll play someone else. And I'm just kind of like that one doesn't, you know, I don't love that one. And I get it. I understand that he's not a great blocker and, you know, you'd like to see more of that from him. But like, at least he gives you something in the middle of the field. He runs those, you know, those scene rights pretty well, I think, you know, so like, I just think he, they yeah, should be him, using him more than they did. When him being a tight end also allows you to do other stuff. They would line him up on one side and the other three receivers on the other side. And you can right. just get different matchups that way, which right. you need a tight end. Uh, and Henry is better at that stuff than John New Smith is. He's a right. better route runner. So it's, it goes back to what I said earlier, which is I like the variety in the personnel. I like that they are mixing it up a lot because they have a lot of guys who aren't great but are good at a couple of things or even great at a couple of things. If you yeah. change who's on the field, you just, you're going to have better chances to get good matchups for them. They all allow you to do different things. Um, and also as a, as a Taekwon Thornton fan, once he gets back, I'm excited to see what they do mixing yeah. him into this rotation as well. Well, you can do what they did in the regular se- in the, in the preseason, which is put him on one side and Aglo on the other and say, okay, now what are you going to do? Go. You know, you, you got to either play, <laughs> you got to either play, you know, double high and if you play too high now we're going to run in the inside you know we're going to either run the ball down your throat or we're going to run crossing routes on you all day long and then there's nothing you can do to stop us right so like so that's something that i think is is interesting and that's one of those reasons why you want Aguilar still involved because of the speed that he brings and once thornton's back the two of them with that speed together can be really fun to see so um some of the guys not playing though i'll tell you what Jelani Devai as much as man I talked a lot of junk about Jelani Devai. I think that the Patriots have realized what Jelani Devai is good at and what he isn't good at. He's pretty good against the run. He's actually a pretty good, like, pass rusher. Yeah. And they've used him pretty much exclusively in that role. He hasn't been covering guys. He hasn't been out in coverage a ton. He's been mostly with this, you know, not hypothetically with his hand in the dirt, but, like, rushing the passer. And I think that that is, that's good. I mean, his sack, he blew up Najee Harris and, and, you know, and then fell off, fell off of him and made the sack on, you know, on Mitch. That was solid. It's a really nice play by him. And so that's the type of stuff where it's like, again, if you use these guys in the right way, they can be really good. And I think that Tavai is a good example of like a guy that you need to use correctly in order to get something out of him. And if they can, then that's great. Then, you know, then you look at it and say, like, all right, you know, like, hey, they're doing good. So we'll see. We'll see what what happens. But I was I was happy to see that. I will say I, I still think Miles Bryant needs to come out and Marcus Jones needs to go in. I just. Yeah. And I 
going back for a second, I did learn today that it's not pronounced Tavai. It's it's Tavaya. Are we sure about that? I am on the I double checked that I'm on the Patriots website right now. They have a full pronunciation guide for it. It's Tavaya. Well, yeah. Charles Davis didn't know his first name, but no, apparently he got, he got the last, last name, name right. right. Yeah. Okay, well, there you go. So, yeah. And it's they've kind of had a knack for finding these guys who can linebackers who can just do a couple things really well. It right. there reminds me a little of like maybe an early Landon Roberts with some of the stuff he does. And also a little bit of Kyle Van Noy. He's not right. as explosive and he's not as good of a pass rusher and probably not as good in pass coverage either, but he has good run instincts. He's um, good hand usage and guys like that will always just be useful to put out there. He might yeah. not play more than 10 snaps a game, but, he looks a lot better than he did last year, too. For sure. For sure. And like I said, you know, that's a guy that I wanted to cut and, you know, made an impact today, right? And so I, I can say that I was wrong about him for now. Now, if you try to use him in another way, other than what they, other than the way they've been using him, I think you're going to run into some problems, right? If you want to put him out, split him out, and start having him cover people, I think you're in trouble. But if you're going to use him the way that they've been using him the first two games, I think we've seen some good things from him. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Again, Miles Bryant hasn't been bad. It's not I think it's Miles Bryant. Right? But Marcus Jones and I, someone mentioned it earlier earlier today and I can't remember who it was. I don't know if it was if it was Taylor or or whoever it was, but you know, Miles Bryant, I, I just I don't understand the usage behind or might might have been Keegan actually. I don't understand the Marcus Jones thing, right? And we talked about this a little bit, but like he was there, he was the starter. And then Miles Bryant plays well in a preseason game against backups. And all of a sudden, my uh, you know Marcus Jones get pushed down the down the depth chart. I'm like, what are we doing here? I just didn't. And I would I, I would understand. And I understand the size thing today when you're going against the Steelers. They got a couple of bigger receivers, right? But then you got Miles Bryant on Chase Claypool, which I'll say, and I didn't realize this until during the game. The Bengals had their slot guy Mike Hilton, who's really small on Claypool last week, and it worked. So yeah. I think that's the idea, and it's doesn't matter how big you are if the guy covering you is so quick that he'll always be underneath you and can break anything up right which is the goal it's just bryant isn't he he's does not, not have elite quickness no right. he's i think miles bryant is a good nfl player as a reserve nickel and safety correct he does yep. a lot of things well he doesn't make a lot of mental mistakes but he's just not going to make you a lot of plays and and that's you, you that's... have to think Either something's really wrong with Marcus Jones, either he's way worse than we think he is, and yeah. they wanted to get him reps early to see what they thought about him, or they're they just really like what they're getting from Miles Bryant for whatever reason. Either way, if if we don't see Marcus Jones in the next couple of weeks, I think then it starts to there's a little bit of concern about all right, what's going yeah. on with this guy. I just don't like and I know Belichick, and this is what Belichick always does, right? He goes with his old reliable players. He'd rather get reliable play from a guy than electric play from a guy because he feels like the reliable player is going to make reliable plays. And he knows what he can do. And the electric guy, yeah, okay, he's going to make some plays, but he's also going to give up some plays because that's the nature of the beast, right? And Belichick mm -hmm. doesn't want to live with that. And I get that. But like this week upcoming against the Ravens, man, you put you put Miles Bryant out there against Rashad Bateman or Devin DuVernay and it's yeah. peace out. It's peace out because like that's it. Yep. Right, like you can't. He's got to stick with those guys, and he can't do it. No. And so that's where it starts. You start to look at it and say, like, all right, like we need to get some speed and athleticism on the field. And maybe, maybe you give up a long play because of it. Maybe you know, 
rookie growing pains and whatever. Although I, I think Jack Jones played has played okay, so yeah. he's been out there. So he's out there playing, but Marcus Jones isn't. I I just don't I don't understand it. So we'll see, but I just don't. It doesn't make any sense to me. And especially after that Miles Bryant blunder with the punt. Yeah. Um, for for as crazy as it was, the craziest thing was why are you trying to feel if you're running back Makes towards your own end no zone sense. trying to catch a punt over your head? Yeah. The just odds, let let's go. say, if it lands in the field of play, what are the odds that that doesn't go into the end right. zone? Just let right. that one go. Don't, and even don't if it doesn't, even if it doesn't, you're running backwards. You're going to end up in the end zone anyways. So, yeah. like, even if you catch it, you know, they may have said if he caught it at the two and ended up in the end zone, they may have called it a safety. And they probably wouldn't have because his momentum takes right. him in there. But he, they might have. It was just a, a just a complete boneheaded play. Where it's like just let the stupid ball go and just run away from it, you know. So uh, that one didn't. You're not, make any you're sense. not Mickey Mantle. You're not making the over the shoulder. Exactly catch. right. Willie Mays or whatever. It's oh, Willie Mays. That's who it is. That's I was it. Confused yeah. The two of them. Yeah, that's all right. My grandfather um, would be very upset with me for that. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's all right. I corrected you. Um, so no, you know, and we'll see. So listen, we're going to get into some to, into some around the NFL stuff. I will say, fi- kind of final thought here. Oh wait, we got game balls. Yeah, uh, so let's do balls, let's too. do the game balls. You want to do yours first? Yeah, um, yeah, and we're just so you guys know, we're doing game balls after wins this year. We're each going to give only out one win. game ball. Yeah, uh, unless I, unless they lose and someone just plays outside of their mind, and then you have to give them a game we, ball. We give them like a consolation ball or something. Yeah, right. We, we'll give them one of the kicker balls instead of one of the nice ones. Yeah, exactly. Right, one of the yeah. K balls. Yeah, uh, I'm giving mine to Nelson Aguilar. We have been asking for a big play receiver for a while. He and Mac did not get on the same page last year. We heard in camp they were starting to find that chemistry, and we finally saw it. We've Mac has given his receivers opportunities to make a play. Sometimes it didn't work out, but we finally got one of those where it did, and that was just a fantastic catch by him. Yeah. Going up over the head of the defender, getting the ball, staying up, staying balanced to get that into the end zone too. So much needed play, and that's I mean that's the play of the game right there. Uh, and you add on. I mean, he had a he had a couple other catches, and he was very close to breaking a couple passes. He almost or, did, yeah, yeah. He had some nice yards after the catch stuff. Six receptions for 110 yards, uh, and that's six receptions on six targets too. Which yeah. another issue Aguilar's has drops or contested catches. He was dynamite today. He was the player I think we saw at points with the Raiders, and if you can get, I mean, maybe not this production, but something like this out of him. And if he can be a dependable deep ball guy, that changes a lot for this offense for the rest of the season and the way teams are going to game plan. So, Agreed. Aguilar, you get a game ball. I now I heard someone say that it was the first uh, it was the first hundred yard receiver uh, of the Patriots that that Mac has had. I'm sorry, in the last two games, but the last two years, I should say. But like, I don't know. Kendrick Warren caught a 75 yard touchdown pass against the against the uh, Cowboys. Cowboys, right? Maybe he didn't. Maybe he didn't have. I don't know. But that was um, only catch that game. Let me do a little, little research here. But we'll see. And yes, Pittsburgh can be spelled either way. I didn't put the H on there intentionally. Um, <laughs> we'll see. You know, Pittsburgh's like Foxborough, right? Foxborough sometimes is F O X B O R O, but then no sometimes you gotta to, yeah. add the U G H at the end there. Yeah. So that was Bourne's only catch in that game. Was it really? Well, there you go. How about that? First hundred yard receiver of Max career. I guess it was right. Um my game ball is going to Jacoby Myers. Look, I mean, like nine for ninety-five. Like he just all reliable, Mister Reliable. You need a third. You need a first down. You're going to Jacoby Myers, and it doesn't matter if he's single cover, double cover, triple cover. Doesn't make a difference. He's going to come down with it. He had the one 
where Mac let him just a little bit too much, uh, and he missed it, you know, and he, he just wasn't able to get it. Um, and it had to be a perfect throw, and it was right there. Maybe another, you know, six inches lower, he would have been able to make a play on it. But you can't get it put. You can't put it much lower than that because he was covered, right? Um, but Myers, that guy, that he just he's just reliable. Every single time you need something, you can go to him, and he makes a play. And so, uh, Jacoby Myers gets gets my game ball. That's. I mean, he is just the way he has taken this game to the next level too. For yeah. a guy who does not, he does not have the athleticism to be an NFL number one receiver. He just doesn't. But he's so good technically. He finds ways to get open. He wins one on ones. And the fact that he's added some contested catch ability this year, I mean, that is one tough big time. Dude. Big time. If you want, if you want somebody to just throw the ball off and let him make it's. It's easy to see why Mac trusts him. It's easy to see why this is Mac's Absolutely. top target game in and game out he had 13 targets today yeah no he 13. was great he was great today so so that's you know that's one of those things man that you just you love to see you love to see them playing well like that so yeah um so those are the two game balls so but let's let's go around the nfl a little bit we'll we're not gonna go too far mm-hmm. too far around the nfl the afc east man three and oh the jets with a crazy comeback win against the browns and then the dolphins I mean, two are throwing six flipping touchdown passes. Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle both had 11 catches. Both scored two touchdowns. They were impressive, very impressive. And I think Baltimore's defense absolutely stinks. But it doesn't matter. They played extremely well today. Yeah, I want to start with Miami because this is, I mean, this is what they've been looking for from Tua. He wasn't perfect today, but uh, it, this was the birth of Jalen Waddle as I don't know if superstar is the right word, but a legitimate, a bona fide receiver, a guy, a playmaker. He was really good for them today, which is what they've been looking for. And that's, I mean, we saw it last week with Duggar taking a wrong angle and touchdown. True. That's it. Yeah. Um, that was, and he, he is really, really good. I'll tell you this game too. This was kind of appointment television for me. Miami Baltimore got the second screen for me while I was watching the Patriots. Ooh, okay. And, I was thinking, all right, we got the team we played last week and the team we play next week. So this will be perfect. And I liked what Miami's defense did last week. So I wanted to see how it would match up. And by halftime, I'd switched away to red zone. And then the next thing I know, I pass game ends. I'm looking at a red zone going, wait, am I seeing the score right? They're actually, they're coming back in this one. So I, I'll have to go back and catch all the details on it. But I think, I think Miami is for real. That's the number one takeaway. Yeah. Number two. Lamar is going to be very difficult to stop next week. I think the key to watch on that is going to be Kyle Duggar, his injury situation. I I have to think just early preview here. Game plan wise, it's going to be to get Phillips, Duggar, and probably Peppers all on the field at the same time. And one of them is going to have Lamar on any single play. <laughs> just yeah. with the athleticism that they, those guys can bring to the table. You gotta you gotta try to get as many safeties in the box and do stuff. So having Duggar healthy is gonna be important. Both of these teams had some deep shots, which I thought was interesting, especially from Tua. We've heard so much about that arm strength. I was not expecting that Miami offense to break off some plays, but they added the guys they did. I mean, these are both offenses that what they like to do is just stretchy. They like to play horizontal. They're gonna play in the first 10 yards or after the line of scrimmage all game long. They're gonna run the ball and then all of a sudden. That guy has a double move, and he's going deep. He's beat the defense, and it's a two-play touchdown drive right? because you're playing up on everything. A really interesting matchup between those two teams. Next week's going to be really interesting between New England and Baltimore. Yeah, We saw that 
I don't know. Is the rain in the forecast again? Um, can we get that Baltimore uh, center to come back from that game in 2020? Maybe. What's, what's, what's he up to these days? Yeah, no kidding, right? <laughs> um, yeah. So, yes, that game was crazy. Miami with a crazy comeback win. I thought Baltimore made some curious decisions at the end of that game there. They kicked, obviously, that long, that long field goal. Um, which of course Justin Tucker, right? But then they kick it off short, which I didn't didn't make any sense to me. Miami gets the ball, starts the ball just past the thirty yard line, plenty of time, uh, and then of course do what they do and get down the field and, and two of those touchdown passes to Jalen Waddle. The Jets game, I mean, the Jets are playing the Browns, and the Browns, I real I know they're the Browns, right? I get it, but like the Browns are playing pretty good, and the Jets are playing. You know, the, they started the fourth quarter now. It's 17-14 to start the fourth quarter. The Jets kick a field goal right at the beginning of the fourth quarter to tie it 17-17. The Browns score a touchdown with 9-21 left to go up by seven. Now it's 24-17. Then they score another touchdown with Nick Chubb. They go up the 30-17. to And now I'm Did not sure. They, they missed the extra point or they went for two and didn't get it. I'm not 100% sure it. what happened. I think they did miss the extra point. So now they're up 30 to 17 with under two minutes left to play. Under two minutes left to play. And the Jets throw a 66 yard touchdown pass to Corey Davis, kick an onside kick, recover the onside kick, and throw a touchdown pass to Garrett Wilson with 20 seconds left to win the game. And it's just like, and it's the Browns. I mean, like the Patriots did this to the Browns a few years ago, I think 2013 in New England, right? Where they, they the, kicked, but it's the like Josh Boyce game. I think he had a couple yes. of nice plays in that one. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's like, you know, one of those things where it's like only the Browns, right? Only the Browns, but like still it's Joe Flacco, but Garrett Wilson looks very good. Looks really good. Uh, you know, and Corey Davis, 66 yard touchdown catch. Like that's, you know, the, the jets stink. They still, the jets and they still stink, but it was an impressive win for them. And it's, it's hard to win. No matter where you are, it's hard to win. But if you're on the road and you're playing a team like the Browns, it's still it's still a good win because the Browns still have a good defense. Even if they even if they only have Jacoby Brissett at quarterback, they still have a good defense. And Nick Chubb is a beast. Yeah, and I found myself somehow rooting for the Jets to come back. Watching this one, just <laughs> with with the Browns organization and the state it's in right now, yeah. it's very easy to root against them. So oh, yeah. it's and their always- fans are disgusting. I mean, their fans are in the. I saw a picture of them like. Yep. Happy endings aren't illegal or something like that. It's like, bro, just tape. stop it, man. Yeah. Just yeah. embarrassing. And I, I know that that's not all of the fans and probably of not course. even close to him a majority. Yeah, of course. Uh, but yeah, that's disheartening to see, yeah. to say the least. Um, so nice to see them lose that one. Uh, and I think there's also the impact of coaching. I mean, I think you finally see the Jets becoming a somewhat well-run organization. We yep. can see Salah having a, a good impact on those players, pulling that comeback and not giving up. Even with Joe Flacco in at quarterback, uh, I think the same thing goes for Miami. I think Mike, Mike McDaniel has impressed me. For all, like, obviously I know everything going on, going on with Brian Flores and all the controversy around moving on from him, but I think Mike McDaniel was a really good hire for this team. I would agree. Josh yeah. Boyer, as defensive coordinator, has done a pretty good job. Um, and we saw Dark Blue Gold was also mentioning in the chat here, so I'll, I'll give a shout-out. Um, the um, Detroit game. Yeah. But yep. That be the impact of coaching. All these guys first or second sure. years just it's it's that step up where you get guys to be professionals, get guys to buy in, do the little things right, not give up and 
that Detroit offensive line, by the way, is unbelievable. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, it, you would hope, right? You would hope with the with the amount of stuff that they've spent on that. Now, I will say on the on the flip side, now two teams, one the Colts, who uh, the Colts game was brutal last week, right against Jacksonville. Jacksonville, of course, you know, absolutely no, they didn't play Jacksonville last week. Could they play uh, Houston last week? I'm sorry, that was a terrible game. And then Jacksonville just shuts them out, twenty four nothing. I mean, just absolutely kills them and listen they're on the road but matt ryan okay matt ryan with 16 out of 30 under 50 percent 195 yards passing and three picks i mean it's just unacceptable jonathan taylor gets nine carries for the game nine you're a running team like what are they doing and that'll happen when you get behind being a running team is all great as long as you are playing with teams. The second you're down by two possessions, you right. can't just turn around. No, and hand it that's to a good point. That is a good point. I, no, I, I, yeah. Well, and that's, I mean, that's the issue. If, if that's your best player and right. you can't be in positions to give him the ball, then you need to think about the way you're building your team there. And I think, it's true. I think they're top two receivers out today. Yeah. Pittman was out as well, which I get. I understand. Yeah, like, Pittman's out. I, I, they you know. do not have depth at receiver. Which I know right. I think we talked about them being a potential landing spot if the Patriots were to move Aguilar mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for this reason because they have nothing. I, I didn't watch it. I can't tell you how good Matt Ryan was, but I can tell you he did not have Julio Jones and uh, all the other guys he had in that 2016 yeah. Falcons team. That's for sure. Right. That's very true. Well, you know, and the other the other the other team that's struggling right now is the Cincinnati Bengals. And I'll tell you what. You look at this, and, and you know, as a guy who's in who's in a few uh, knockout pools, right? We got to pick a team to win. I would imagine a ton of people pick Cincinnati today to win because Cincinnati's it's playing 14, what in the fourteen world? to three right now. Yep, they're playing Dallas, who's without Dak Prescott, who looked bad with Dak Prescott. Oh my goodness! And they're still now Cincinnati. You know, they can't run the ball, right? Mixing it's four carries for one yard. Barrow has 52 yards passing, but Cooper Rush, you know, eight out of 11 with 130 yards passing and a touchdown. Like Cincinnati's defense is in trouble. They are in trouble. And this is the team that made the Super Bowl last year, had a lot of success with a, with a young with a young quarterback uh, coach. I'm sorry. And now they're in over their heads. And this could be ugly where, you know, you feel like who knows what's going to happen, right? Yeah. And uh, they weren't the Super Bowl favorite in the AFC last year. I'm not going to say that they got lucky, but they their run to go to the Super Bowl hinged on a couple plays. They don't have a couple things go their way. They're not there. They weren't a dominant team last right. year. And I think they got – I liked the moves they made this offseason. I thought they got better, but there's only so much the players can do if the coaches aren't putting them in good positions. Absolutely. And, and everyone – you know, everyone needs to get lucky to get to the Super Bowl, right? It happens all the time. No, no, but, hasn't, yeah. you know, but – at the same time, like that team just, yeah, the the coaching hey. staff isn't great, and you're worried, still worried about the offensive line. I think you're still worried about the offensive line, and that's it's hey, tough. Maybe if that, maybe if they're awful, think about sending Ted Karras back. Yeah, see, you never know. get a little depth there, which t- the Patriots might not need. Uh, if we want to come back to New England for a second, I thought Cole Strange looked pretty good today. Sure did. Yeah, he sure did. Yeah, and that's that's the guy. That's why you drafted that guy, right? And you can, you know, talk about, oh, you know, what? It, that's why they drafted this guy, right? Because ultimately you need a guy that can step in and play right away, and he looked good. He looks really good today. And so, you know, I mean, he's got a long way to go, of course, 
but he's got a long way to go. Uh, he, but he's looked good so far. And I think Darpu Gold asked if he's committed a penalty. I don't think he's committed a penalty yet. He, he uh, didn't leave three games. I don't remember him having one today. Yeah, I don't believe so. So he may, Which, but I don't. I don't believe so. That and that's what you want to see from him. I think he's been mm-hmm. good. Andrews, aside from that one penalty, thought looked better today. Yeah, um, I agree. I thought when Pittsburgh didn't blitz much, but when they did, I thought the line held up well, which I think was key. They communicated it. They got a hat on a hat everywhere. Which exactly. Is, at the end of the day, that's really all you can ask for. If you get a hat on a hat, you should get at least two seconds for the quarterback to do something. Yeah. And yep. Mac also stepped up and stayed in the pocket and even ran a couple of times, which I was glad to see that if they're going to, they're going to play man on you and do and bring blitzes that opens up opportunities to run the ball and for the quarterback to take off and pick up yards. He had, he had a Marcus smart level flop after his first down run in the fourth quarter, he slid and the guy touched him and he like, it was great. (laughs) While, While we're talking about stuff like that, uh, something that wasn't good nature. Do you see that that Buccaneers and Saints game? I did not, but I did hear that Mike Evans and Lattimore got thrown out. Was it like a it was, crazy brawl? It was the two of them going at it. It was Brady threw to I think Scotty Miller, who was covered by Marshawn Lattimore on a third down, yeah. and it was it could have been pass interference. And Brady was not happy, and he let the refs know. And he was I don't know if you saw a video. He was been he was yelling all day. He was on oh, yeah. the field yelling. At it. I saw him chucking the uh, chucking yeah. the tablet. Yeah. He, he took it to the refs on that one. And Marshawn Lattimore was walking by him and I think said something, gave him a little tap. And because he gave him a little tap and touched him, you got Leonard Fournette coming over and Fournette's giving a little, little shove to, to Lattimore. And then Lattimore gives it back to Fournette. And then Mike Evans comes over. And, you know, the two of them have a history. So he just comes over and knocks down Lattimore. Yeah. And it so good. Thing. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that yeah. Bucks D is that Bucks defense right now in our uh, in our dynasty league. They have as many points for me today as Tyreek Hill. Yeah, thirty-two point four points for both Tyreek Hill and Bucks defense. Yeah, I played against I played against the Bucks defense one of my leagues. I mean, it's just you know that's a team, and especially now, this is another team with the Saints. Like I just don't. James Winston's. They say he's got multiple fractures in his back, and they're playing him. It's week two. What are you doing? I am not a doctor, but it does not seem like a good idea to play a quarterback through back fractures right it just i, I, I don't just know don't, what sport i, I let anybody it. play through back fractures to be right. honest i think you get bed rest with that one you would think you would think it just doesn't make any sense so and even if it's something where he can play through it oh it's a pain management thing hey fine like that's fine if that's the case but like why why are we doing this it's week two what the hell especially are you doing with, especially when you have nfl superstar Taysom hill waiting in the wings see see Taysom hill should be the guy but um, yeah, Ian, is Ian Book still in New Orleans too? I think he got cut this year. Actually, Did I think he? he got cut. He's just terrible. He's awful. He Notre so Dame bad. quarterbacks. Yeah. Oh my. Except Lord. for Joe Montana. Well, I mean, that's kind of a big one, you know. That'll do it. So, but uh, but listen, you know, I think ultimately, I think ultimately, here's where we're at with the Patriots. Right? They're an okay team. They're okay. I feel better. You know, I kind of feel the same way you do. I feel better about the team this week than I did last week. And obviously it's easier to feel better about them after a win than it is a loss. Right. But I think they showed some good things. They showed some good resilience in playing well on the road. I would have loved to have seen them kind of play 60 minutes instead of giving up that easy touchdown drive to them. But I think that overall they played good enough. I think Mac will be better than he was today. He was bad today, but I think he'll be better than he was today. Um, And so 
that's something where you just kind of shake your head and say, okay, well, what are you going to do? And, and, you know, move on and, and hope that, uh, that he'll be better next week. And he's going to have to be better next week because they have a tough matchup against, against Baltimore and they get another tough matchup in two weeks against green Bay. So, you know, you had to win this game. It was big to win this game. Um, and so we'll see. William asked about uh, Harris getting hurt on that on that fourth quarter play. He did get hurt, but he was on the sideline, kind of. Yeah, I think he said after the game he was okay. I'm pretty sure yeah. I saw that quote. Yeah, I think which so is too. good. And I thought he and Ramondre. We didn't even talk about that, but I thought both of them had really, really good games, especially at the end there. And it's the thing For you're sure. worried about. Pittsburgh's trying to rip that ball out. We've yep. seen ball security issues at points with each of them, not severe, but obviously Damian in the opener last year against Miami with that awful fumble. And it was nice to see them just wrap up, pick up the first downs, move those Mm -hmm. chains. And Mm -hmm. that's all you need. That slide from Harris to keep the ball in bounds and make sure you're not even getting tackled. Right. And again, like that's, you know, that's exactly what they need, right? They need, they need to be able to do that. They could put the game away and that's what they did. They put the game away and their offensive line got going and they were, out there mashing people and Harrison and Stevenson were running hard and that's exactly what you want. And so I was, uh, I was extremely pleased about the way they played. Yeah. Especially no time Montgomery did not notice a drop off, uh, at running back, which I'll take that. And, yeah. and I thought Damian Harris for the second game in a row looked good in the passing game when they asked him to catch balls too. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. And dark Google had mentioned the slide. Look, and you mentioned it too. I will, I kind of didn't love that slide because I feel like they it was more important to get the first down than it was to keep the clock running. However, at the same time, I get it. I understand why he did that. You know, you had even if even if right, let's say he doesn't get the first down on the third down play, you're kicking the ball back to them with a minute left to go in the game with no timeouts up six. And so at that point, you look at it and say, like, okay, that's fine. Because if you get pushed out of bounds and you don't get the first down, that's, you know, devastating for your team. And so I I understand it. I kind of wish that he hadn't done that. Um, But, you know, but I kind of – and we'll see. William's asking about Stevenson, whether he should be the lead back or not. I think right now what they have is perfect. I think what they have is perfect. I think I want, you know, in some days, I think if Stevenson's on a roll and he's playing really well, then maybe he gets a few more carries than Harris does. And if Harris, like today, Harris is running extremely hard and played well, so he gets a few more carries than Stevenson does. And it's just kind of like we run with the hot hand a little bit, but what Stevenson got nine and Harris got 15, right? So it wasn't it wasn't that far off. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I do think that, like, I think what they have right now is good because what it does also is keep them both fresh. Right. And so like you have guys that can run hard and, you know, and run people over, but they're not getting 20 carries a game and pounding themselves into submission. So by the end of the season, they're, they're garbage, you know? So, uh, so I like what they have a lot right now. And I think, for all the hype Ramondre has gotten, we kind of forgotten all of that, that Damian Harris is a really good running back. Yeah. He can carry the load, who can score, punch it in. He can do everything well. He can get skinny. He reads things well. Uh, Yeah, I thought, I think he was really, really good today. Yeah. You know who else stinks, by the way, is the Cardinals losing 17 to nothing right now to the Raiders. Not surprised. 17 to nothing. They stink. Coaching matters. Sure does. Cliff Kingsbury. I don't know how Cliff Kingsbury can last anymore. I think, I also think Kyler stinks too, but that's neither here nor there. Hey, Kyler's fine. Yeah. He's fine. He's, eh. he's, he's, discount Russell Wilson, like discount yeah. young Russell Wilson. Right. Now I got you. Yeah. He'll, he'll win you games. So. Uh, but 
Yeah. All right. So that's Crucial. it. Yeah. That's it. Home I think game, right. Home game coming up. Home opener next Sunday. Home opener on Sunday. Game. I will be What's there. The, I have a question for you here. What's yes. the status of that scoreboard in the end zone? You have so any idea? Right. So they so they are. So I I assume that people have have seen the mockups right about how they're basically going to close the north end of the stadium, and make it the largest outdoor jumbotron in the in the United States. But that's not going to be done until next year. So they're going to work on it. They're going to continue to work on it during during the season. But while they're working on it, they are putting up or already have put up. I don't know if they've put it up already, but they are putting up a uh, a smaller jumbotron in the north end zone right now. Oh, my dad's texting me right now saying it's up. He works over the hall, so he knows. He's okay. seen it. So, it, so it's up right now. there will be a scoreboard down there. There will be a scoreboard in okay. the north end, yes. Uh, it's okay. obviously not going to be as big, but it's it's up in the north end zone so that people can look towards the north end zone and see it. Uh, it okay. won't be a Megatron as, as, yes, it'll just be, as Derek Bucold says, it will just be a Tron. Not it won't a be a Jumbotron, just a Tron yeah. uh, up there. That. And so, so it'll be there. Um. And so, you know, you'll have something to look at. It won't be quite as big. Of course, that whole construction thing won't be done until next year. But but there will be something up there for people to see. So, okay, um, that's good. Good to know I'm, that there's something. It would be really weird to play football for a year in a stadium with just, like, nothing at once. Yeah, no, you couldn't. And they, had, they announced before the season they were going to put something up there, but they said it wouldn't be done for the preseason games, but it would be ready for the regular season games. So that's what Which they is, said. I had a theory about this, which is the reason why New England started with two weeks on the road was to could give be. a little bit more time for some of this. I could I could be totally off base there. But I well, but you never know. I mean, sometimes sometimes that stuff happens. Like the for instance, when they had the um when the Patriots had the uh the hell was the name of the, the Winter Classic, right? When they had the Winter yeah. Classic, they had the last two games on the road that year because yeah. the Winter Classic was in New England, they had to schedule. So he certainly could have gone to the league and said, Hey look, give us an extra few weeks to kind of get everything up and running. Can we have the first two games on the road? Uh and and the league could have said, Yeah, yeah, no, don't worry about it. So um, you know, so we'll see. But yeah, anyways, so yeah, so that's that. That is it. Uh, thanks for sticking with us again. Um, we appreciate it. We'll be back earlier, later on in the week, midweek. Uh, hopefully have a good guest coming on, coming on midweek for you guys. And, um, and you know, a podcast form will be out on Friday and uh, yeah, that's it. That's it. So what, listen, it's a win. Okay, don't feel too crappy about it. I know Mac didn't play as good as we wanted him to. I know the offense is still struggling a little bit right now. I get it. I understand. Okay, I get it, but it's okay. They got to win. They're one and one. It's not easy to win in the NFL, even if it's against the Steelers who stink. It's still a win. So I'm happy to see it. And not a not a ton of injury problems coming out of the game. We'll have to see what happens with Kyle Duggar. We'll have to see what happens with, you know, um, uh, that was the other defensive player that went out. Well, Godshaw went down when um, he came back. Oh, Godshaw did come back. That's right. That's right. That's what I was thinking of. And Bentley came back too. So really just Duggar is the guy we're looking at. So we'll see what happens. Uh, oh, and uh, Jonathan Jones. That's the one I was thinking about too. So yeah. we'll see what happens with Jonathan Jones and Duggar. But hopefully they're okay. Uh, moving forward, unlike Trey Lance, who looks like broke his ankle, which is uh, Jimmy G time out in San Fran again. So, but uh, hey, man, they're up 20 nothing on the Seahawks right now. So, <laughs> but. Anyways, I think, I, so, I think I picked Seattle to cover that game. So. Yeah, not great. Not oh, great. you never know. Still, still another half to go. So it's garbage time. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, just what you want. Geno Smith and garbage time. That, that should be good. So, but uh, anyways, so that's what we got. Well, thank you guys. We appreciate it, and uh, and we will talk to you later on this week. Go Pats! Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. 
With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical.